One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, Guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, this is Perry Gilpin, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Let me start with question number one. (laughs) What the hell were you thinking? I don't say that to be clear, but I think among most people going... Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not easy. Um, <laughs> you know, I, the thing is, um, I, I, people give me tons of um, ideas on this one. I keep reading new, you know, psychological theories and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was under pressure, I was uh, overtired, or I was uh, lonely, or I fell down the stairs when I was a child, or whatever. Um, <laughs> But I, um, you know, I, I think it would, that would be you know, bollocks, really, to, to hide behind a, right. uh, something like that. You know, you, I think you know in life uh, pretty much what's a good thing to do and what's a, b- a bad thing. And um, I did a bad thing, and th- there you have it. July 10th, 1995, Hugh Grant appears on The Tonight Show after his Hollywood arrest. Who's going to say it? What the hell were you thinking? Yes, you got that it. was the line, and that was... Uh, 1995, and Jay's ratings surpassed Dave's ever since. Right, it was the beginning of the end for Dave. Uh, yeah. Uh, because the, the, the first... Because uh, 20 years later, <laughs> he, he said goodbye. Uh, well, well <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the first two years of The Late Show, Dave was Dave, yeah. Dave beat Jay. Um, Jay takes over in 90. Two, Dave gets his show in the end of September 93. So it's two years of the late show with David Letterman. Letterman surpassing uh, the Tonight Show with Jay Leno until this moment. Right. There have been quite a few articles over the last few weeks surrounding Dave's departure from late night. And many point to Hugh Grant's appearance. And leading up to that, it, 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 it talks about the reasons why Jay was probably appointed the Tonight Show time slot over Dave in the first place, which is that whereas Dave always presented himself as the smartest guy in the room 
and mm-hmm. not not necessarily broadcasting for the masses, Jay tended to play better in all markets. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're a broadcaster, I mean that's that that is a consideration. Yeah. And so cast the widest net, get the biggest audience. Exactly. So Dave's hold on the number one spot was beginning to slip around that time anyway. And talk about a get. Jay able to uh, land Hugh Grant on the heels of this controversy. I mean that all the all those things sort of converged, mm-hmm. and Jay never looked back. Yeah, and it's again, you know, we we have talked about Jay versus Dave forever and ever and ever, and there are so many pieces. So it kind of bothers me when people just speak their opinion and ignore the facts that don't line up with their opinion. And you have to look at yeah, but every talk, little but, bit. But that's, it's okay to do that on talk shows. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, like the saying goes, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, not entitled to your facts. Yes. Uh, yeah, numbers like ratings, points, you know, let's call those facts. Yes. Dave and his relationship with NBC, Jay and his relationship with NBC, very, very different. Uh, Dave also was blaming... Uh, a lot of the drop that he had on the primetime lineup that was leading to him on CBS, which I think is a meritorious argument because uh, we had the discussions with Conan on The Tonight Show and when Jay had the 10 o'clock show, and it also had an impact on local affiliates, 11 o'clock news. So these these things, even though we are in a remote control universe, sure. it does make a difference. The primetime lineup leads to the 11 o'clock news. The 11 o'clock news leads to that talk show. So even though, personally, I do a lot of channel surfing and DVRing, but it does make a difference what's on at 8 o'clock, what's on at 9 o'clock, what's on at 10 o'clock, because that begets, and the 11 o'clock news, and then the show there. So I know at that time Dave was very upset over the primetime lineup, the CBS, because that would lead into him. Oh, sure, and and... That that is a valid argument from Dave's point of view, but and this kind of touches on when we a uh, couple weeks ago when we talked about Dave's final show and some of the highlights of this. And you yeah. and you you brought up the example of Dave did an anti morning show. Yes, to yes. address the fact that a lot of people would tape late night, as it was known at the time, uh, which was the show he was doing at the time, and watch it the next day. Well, the essence of Late Night with David Letterman was it was sort of an anti-talk show. Yes. You know, it sort of poked fun of the form. And it would just do all sorts of zany stuff because it's on at 1245 at night. The expectation was nobody's nobody's up watching, so you can get away with anything. So, and there are a lot of people, you know, were wondering, could he take that, anti-talk show form and do the same show at 11.30. No, he's going to have to conform. Yeah. And to some extent, he did. And to other extent, he just did the same show, Mm -hmm. only at 11.30. Got a a wider audience, but if if you want to hold your lead, you sort of have to play to the room. And whether his dwindling numbers had to do with the fact that... Mm -hmm. He may not have had stronger, lousy lead-ins on the Mm -hmm. CBS primetime lineup or the fact that, you know, more people would rather watch Jay Leno. And you could break it down because you did have the people who would be loyal to Dave regardless. Sure. And uh, people who would be loyal to Jay regardless. Yeah. And you're going to have that, you know, that percentage that will 
bop between depending on who the guests are. But you're right. When he did go from late night to the late show, uh, there were a lot of changes that were made. Even his wardrobe was different and the set was different. He no longer wore tennis shoes. He no longer wore tennis mm-hmm. shoes. The suits were a little bit more tailored. It looked like he wore dockers a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, other segments and, and how he handled it. But also, you know, the late night show was dictated by certain parameters that Johnny Carson and his people said, oh, you want to replace Tom Snyder with another talk show? Fine. We don't want to see this. We don't want anything that is a copy of what we do. I mean, they were saying we do not want uh, the configuration of the set to be like the Tonight Show. And the set was a different, you know, the band was on the opposite side and uh, the way the set was made up. We do not want to see a sidekick. So you had a separate announcer and the close thing, he, he had Paul Schaefer, but he didn't have a Ed McMahon. Right. You know, you'd, so a lot of these things. Paul Schaefer was never on camera. Rarely, yeah. Yeah. Paul Schaefer did they, sketches. They, they, they would cut to Paul, but it's yeah. like. He, he, but he, rarely he, did you see him on the couch. On the yeah. couch, right. Rarely would that be taking place. Uh, and, you know, other. Elements, you Chris know, Jay, Jay never had a sidekick. Jay never had a sidekick either. No. Yeah. yeah he always had an announcer. He had an announcer, but he never. Right. He never. I mean. Yeah. You know, Conan. Conan always had Andy Richter. Mm-hmm. Not not always because Andy left and he was never replaced. Well, the, when he when they went to the Tonight Show, he had Andy. When now Conan, they have Andy, but Andy yeah. left late night for a while. Well, yeah, I know, but m- more often than not, I mean, you Conan had a sidekick. Yeah. You know. And, and the sidekick was not the announcer. You yeah. Know, later on, you know, he 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 wore both hats. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now Jim, Jimmy Fallon doesn't have J- Jimmy Fallon has an announcer, but he doesn't have a sidekick. Well, I think uh, I can't think of his name right now. Um, I just know he has, he has dark glasses. Yeah, has and they they glasses. work off, and he's also one of the writers on SNL, so he does both. But he is a very quick improvisational comedian, and yeah. they do shtick together. And uh, I think he kind of helps bridge uh, any sort of generation gap because Jimmy's a little younger. Uh, but, um, no, Jay had Ed Hall as the announcer for a long time and then John Melendez. And uh, he had uh, Branford Marsalis and then Kevin New, And they did all sorts of stuff. They were incorporated in all that. When things switched around, uh, there, there were a few changes in that. But, uh, yeah, but Johnny did have certain ground rules for Dave to follow as far as look and feel and, and texture of the show as well. Going back to this particular event, also, you know, Hugh Grant did something that was illegal. He was yeah. arrested for it and yeah. his mugshot, and uh, it very briefly gave uh, a woman named Divine, Divine Brown, Brown. Uh, you know, her 15 minutes of fame. Is there any such thing as bad publicity? Not in this case. Not not in this case. (laughs) Divine Brown ended up doing a local commercial for a radio station, the station you listen to at work. (laughs) No, no, the the station you listen to while While you you work. work. That's it. And most people did not get it in the beginning because she, you know, she was dressed very nicely. Uh, she actually did sing the jingle for the station, which I believe was Big Mix 103. <laughs> and, and, and usually when you have the ad, the ad was usually a female singer, you know, Big Mix 103. And she, so she's singing that and kind of twirling around, overlaying her, saying, you know, this is, and it had her name, Divine Brown, which was actually her professional name. Yeah. Which I think was genius on the part of that station, you know, basically soft, easy listening music. I think it was brilliant. And there was outrage yes. <laughs> when people put two and two together, and eventually the ad got pulled. But it's how 
dare you? Hey, no such thing as bad publicity. No such, but I remember just outside of beautiful downtown Burbank that the reporters were there. I don't think they ever saw that much media and pub- since until Arnold Schwarzenegger announced he was running for governor. Or, uh, you know, because then you had, because everyone knew why he was going to be on with Jay. Uh, but you had all, and Jay even incorporated that into the monologue because he actually walks out the doors of the studio and on Alameda, uh, Avenue, every imaginable press vehicle that existed in 1995. This is pre-TMZ. And I don't, I think Access Hollywood might have been a brand new thing at that time. So you had every imaginable, you know, wanting to get interviews with Hugh Grant coming in or out of the building. So, I mean, that was a huge thing on its own. But the fact that, you know, people were complimenting Hugh Grant that he could have canceled all of these publicity dates in light of what happened. No, he wanted to honor the commitment that he made. He was promoting a movie called Nine Months. And uh, he wanted to come on the shows that he committed to appear, and he had to apologize. He apologized to uh, Elizabeth Hurley, his his uh, other half at the time, so and it's, it's, it's he apologized it, to every party involved. So in addition to being a pivotal moment for Jay, yeah, it was sort of the birth of the apology tour. Yes, and uh, and I re- I remember that show very well because he looked so cute apologizing. Yeah. You couldn't. I mean, you just wanted to give him a. Hu- I wanted to give him a yeah. hug. What can I say? Well, yeah, he he did it right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but you know, I remember he's still making movies. Yeah, and he's, yeah. he's still headlining movies. Yeah, so well, he, he he recovered. He, he handled the situation. You know, a bad situation, which he brought on by himself, and he yeah. admits he which brought is, it on is, by himself. Which is the only way to handle it. If yeah. you handle it straight on, you diffuse it, and pe- more often than not, people will forgive you. And I remember you know, some of his fans that I knew, young girls that just adored him, were in complete denial that this happened. No, this did not happen. This did not happen. Somebody's somebody's framing him. That, you know, and, and I remember somebody said, fine, it wasn't Hugh Grant. It was Lou Grant that was busted <laughs> with a hooker, okay? No, he did it. But he's got a pretty girlfriend. Yeah, Yeah, it just, you know, you look at, you know, one little moment on television and it just, you know, shifts the the balance of power there. Uh, And and really it boils down to that one line. What the hell were you thinking? (laughs) Yeah, and going back to what we said, you know, journalistically, it was a great get. It was a great great get. get And a great, at, at the best possible time. But, you know, when Emmy time would come around... At that time, uh, the nominees for, you know, late, you know, variety show, Letterman, Leno, and that time, uh, Bill Maher with Politically Incorrect and, and Dennis Miller. Uh, Dennis Miller was sweeping, you know, throughout the 90s. I think he beat all of them. Uh, and then, you know, Bill Maher would do much better than Jay or, or Dave. Uh, but I remember when they ran the nominees for the shows, the piece they showed on the Emmys, was the what the hell you were thinking. You know, Dave would be a stupid pet trick. Uh, Dennis Miller was a rant or whatever, but it was just that. And that what the hell, you it's just the audience explodes. Yeah. Yeah. Later on, it would be John Stewart and Stephen Colbert that would, you know, really sweep in that category. But, yeah, that was just one of those moments. And it's everybody remembers where they were. They remember watching it. It's on YouTube. 45 years of the Rockford Files, revised Third edition, the complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 
45 Years of the Rockford Files. Available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.